Hello, Global Crisis students. Um, based on some of your feedback, I'm not going to mess around here with an intro. We're going to get straight into it and straight to the point. So here is the music. This is exciting, isn't it? Isn't it is it? really exciting. Are we on? It's a, yeah, we are on, Fantastic. and it's a it's a huge scoop. I mean, I've had other guests, but <laughs> to bring in the head of lights, mm. wow, um, and a global conflict mm. teacher. I'll take the money afterwards, or yeah. Well, this is a uh, not for profit oh, uh, right. podcast, but so we'll we take it afterwards. Yeah, take it up. <laughs> so we are here to talk about our our um, next topic, which is global mm. conflict. Yes, but a question I ask all my guests yeah. is. What is your contribution to this planet? To this planet? Yes. Gee whiz. Um, I'd assume the other guests have said being a teacher. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would probably say the same thing. Not, not only do I love it, like I love being a teacher. It's one of the greatest gigs. Um, but also it's a real honour to be able to put across my passions and my, the things I really love and also to just to, like, just to spend time with young people and, and see them learn and grow. Um, I'm also, like outside of teacher, I'm, I like to think I'm a really good friend to people. Um, I'm an uncle with, for beautiful Marlo, my my twin brother's uh, daughter. Um, I feel like I to bring lots of laughs to people's lives, and mm. and I hope there's a lot of love to people's lives as well. That's cute. That's um, cute. But I think you know we are lucky to have you as a teacher who wants to to share your your views and your ideas, and so that's why we've got you on the show. Yeah, thanks, so, mate, but I will still take that money after. <laughs> So we have kind of our next question, getting into the thick of things with this topic. Um, we are in the most peaceful era in history. Uh, one of one of my, I think the most interesting authors um, of kind of the most recent time, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, has made that very clear that this is a very peaceful period in the world. So what still concerns you about the way that people interact with each other and the way that nations interact with each other? Yeah. It- it's, yeah, it's a great quote. It's a great point that we are living in the most peaceful era. And it's really strange to think that our grandparents were living in it, well, living in a time or living in a time just after a period, like the worst war we've ever seen. You know, 80 to 60 million people dead, some of the worst atrocities. And yet, in a relatively small amount of time, we do live in this era where we don't have wars between the large countries. We've got a lot of smaller wars or civil wars going on. Um, but you know those those large wars where millions of people are dying have really fallen away. Um, so we are extremely lucky to be living this time. Um, something that, like I guess the things that concern me or worries me is you sort of see a, like a real lack of understanding or empathy between uh, between different types of people. So um, you can see a lot of the conflicts, a lot of the wars that have gone into history have been as a result of not considering the perspectives of the other side or seeing the views or seeing the goals of you as being higher than the goals or the dreams or the wishes of so others. So these are kind of religious and ethnic mm. di- kind yeah. of divides? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. religious and ethnic divides. Um, and then you can also see it, we, we haven't really improved as a society generally. So often you'll, you'll you know, you'll, see people not really considering the perspectives of other people. It could be in the schoolyard, it could be in the staff room, mm. um, and it could also be on to our our stage as well. So I'm not sure how political I can get, but 
um, you know, a consideration of people coming to Australia trying to find a better life, mm. being class, classified immediately as their illegal arrivals, when in fact we're looking at it from their perspective, they're escaping a situation where their lives have been torn apart and their um, and their lives are in danger. Okay, it's a really interesting link mm. there between what you're saying, uh, you know, some civil conflicts that still mm. exist coming from basically really simple human kind of quality of being able to understand and empathise with another yeah. person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so zooming in now on, on a particular conflict, mm. I know that there are civil wars going on, but one of the, the kind of um, most talked about at the mm. moment is, is the war in Syria. Yeah. Um, so starting in 2011, mm-hmm. we're dealing with eight years mm. of, of conflict. Um, so why, why do, in this case, mm. why do those people still continue to fight mm. As a way of solving yeah, problems, it's it's an interesting one, Syria. It's been going for yeah eight years, as you said. Half a million people dead, a huge loss of life. Probably twice as many people have been injured, or you know, millions of people have been affected by it. Half of Syria has left their ha- has just have to leave the place where they live, and they're mm. living somewhere else in Syria or somewhere else around the world now. Mm. So it's completely torn the country apart. It's a, it, as I said, it is an interesting one because it started off as just a series of protests in 2011 against the leader, a guy called Bashar al-Assad, um, and the, just a series of protests actually started by a group of teenagers who'd written some graffiti on the wall that were basically having a go at this guy, Bashar al-Assad. The, these teenagers were arrested, they were tortured, um, and there was a series of protests demanding they be released from jail. Um, and rather than talk to the protesters rather than consider their perspective, Bashar al-Assad ordered his soldiers and ordered his police to fire on the crowd. Um, the, the people, rather than sort of stepping down, they stepped up to it. Um, a lot of different groups around the country armed themselves um, and began fighting against the government. And we had just a pretty standard civil war where we had the government soldiers versus civilians and citizens fighting against the government for what they wanted to see as a a more representative government. Um, But, and then how it would have stayed as a pretty standard civil war, you know, awful, but not to the level that we've seen now. But um, unfortunately, what happens a lot with civil wars is outside forces enter um, or outside forces don't have the will to enter. So, Russia became involved very quickly. Russia's got a strong alliance with Bashar al-Assad, the Syrian government, um, and they lent their forces, their, their military forces and their their planes, their ships, their helicopters and soldiers as well to the Syrian government, which then really which allowed the Syrian government to, which was on the brink of losing, um, to fight back. Um, the Syrian government, with Russian support as well, as used chemical weapons, so poison gas, mm. um, biological weapons as well on its own civilians to basically terrorise them into into giving up. So it's crazy. I mean, so, mm. I mean, given the given the, the nature of how this started, mm. how do you how, how do we deal with the fact that, um, and this is a question without notice, mm. but how do, you, how do we deal with the fact that, um, you know, that a lot of these conflicts come from di- um, people not accepting mm. dictatorships? Yeah. And, like... I mean, is that is that problem something that we need to intervene in earlier rather mm. than um, relying on 
the 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 country's own people mm. to step up and make a statement. Yeah, it's it's you would like to think in a very in an idealistic world mm. we would have countries like like we like to think of ourselves as a de- defender of democracy as Australia and the United States likes to say themselves call themselves you know these defenders of democracy and you'd like to think that you know they would be able to step up and step in and there are a lot of calls for the United States to become involved in this conflict in Syria um, but. United States had, you know, in 2011, it had only been uh, eight years since it had been involved disastrously in this invasion of Iraq. And Iraq itself, in that time, since 2003, there's been about 450,000 civilian deaths, all as a result of a of a conflict that the United States started to mm. try and better Iraq. Um, so the United States was never going to get as strongly involved as Russia. Um, and... Australia is too much of a small player. You know, we're a very small nation. We've got a, not a very effective army to be able to work outside of our own borders. So, unfortunately, you'd love to think that there's some sort of world police, um, but unfortunately there isn't. Um, and it's it does fall upon individual countries to, if they'd like to see change in the world, they need to make that. And unfortunately with Syria, it, it hasn't happened because the United States was too scarred from its previous experience in the Middle East. Okay, so I mean, I mean that that's a pretty scary proposition. If if we, mm. you know, as Australians, we we hear about these issues mm. and you know we, we can't demand that our government intervene. So what mm. for young people well, in we, this country? What what mm. what can we what can we do? Well, yeah, well, we can actually demand that our country intervene or become some sort of a more of a world player, more of a leader. Australia, even though it's a small country in terms of population and mid-country in terms of influence of world affairs, we can still be a leader in what we do. Like, for instance, um, an Australian, a guy called Doc Evatt, funny name, Doc, but Doc Evatt, he was one of the leaders in setting up the United Nations. Um, Australia's, Australia's led recently uh, an intervention in or 1999, relatively recently, uh, an intervention in East Timor, which restored a democracy to East Timor mm. after it had been um, under a fairly brutal um, occupation by Indonesia. Um, we've, Australia in our own neighbourhood as well, has uh, intervened in places like the Solomon Islands and, and Papua New Guinea as well to restore order. So yeah. Australia can be a leader. Um, and what we can do is really, you know, we, we're lucky enough to live in a democracy and ultimately our democracy reflects the values that we hold. So if we push for those values, those values of compassion and um, caring about others, um, then ultimately our democracy will hopefully look more like that. And part of that mm. is that also about welcoming those who are fleeing from these situations. Without a doubt. And so, you know, the um, two or three, maybe four million Syrians who are on the move outside of Syria who've been pushed out because of this conflict. Mm. And this conflict as well, you know, I haven't even mentioned Islamic State. Yeah. Islamic State, this brutal group um, who ended up controlling um, half of Syria and about 50 or 60% of Iraq at its mm. height. Um, and s- since then, you know, thankfully has is, is lost most of its territory. But this group, uh, you know, who, you know, would just um, capture people who didn't follow their extremely strict views, would just uh, behead people. Um, and would treat women horrendously. Um, that group was allowed to flourish in this chaotic environment of Syria. They'd, they'd 
took advantage of a of a vacuum, like a complete lack of power, a complete lack of control in there, and they managed to really build up their influence. Mm. So, and you know, you've got millions of people fleeing from these these types as you can imagine, as you can imagine, absolutely, and, and people with clearly good values mm. who don't, don't want that for their children, absolutely. don't want that for their families. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and yet, you know, Australia is by not becoming as engaged in the conflict, or by um, you know, or by you know, not calling out or attacking, for instance, like Russia, verbally, like diplomatically attacking them, um, you know, has you know, has allowed Islamic State to to build up its control. And and me personally, I think surely it's our moral responsibility to at least consider the perspectives of people fleeing, um, and ra- and not leave them to. So not leave them to spend years in in detention in 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 our immigration detention centres, or not leave them sort of huddling just on the outside of Australia in in Southeast Asia, trying to find somewhere to live. So, within all that wisdom that you just shared, if I can just synthesise here, you've suggested that we actually do have an opportunity to participate in this democracy to do. demand that our country. Um, does become a leader mm. in demonstrating the values that we hold as well. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, our, our, our democracy and reflects the values that we hold. And do you feel optimistic about that? I do. I yeah. absolutely do. And um, strangely, you know, um, very divisive figures like Donald Trump being elected um, in the United States, has, you can really see it around the school and, and with young people. People are becoming more, more interested and more mm. engaged and more questioning about what's going on in politics. So... Weirdly, this very divisive figure in Donald Trump, this guy who's um, who's very anti-immigration or very anti-refugee and very anti-sorting out climate change, um, is very sort of almost an anti-knowledge kind of a guy. Had his his arrival on the world stage has actually seen people um, has actually seen people become more interested and more engaged. So, even though me myself, I I wouldn't like his politics too much. Me as a politics teacher, I actually got a lot to thank you for. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, interesting. I mean, do you want to just plug your um, your politics subjects? Well, just for our, for well, our, you absolutely. Know. Take notes, everyone. So, look, in, in politics, if, you, if it's something you're interested in, you can do Year 10 Global Conflict, which is a Year 10 elective, and that then flows into Year 11 uh, Politics, yeah. uh, and then Year 12 is Global Politics as well. So if it's stuff you're interested in, like what we've been talking about, have a think, have a think, come chat to me about politics and um, or Mr. Zuckerman as well, who's another politics teacher at school, and and have a think about, you know, it might be something you might want to do. And to, and just quote Please. my bank details. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. seven five seven. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All we'll the get, zeros. Yeah, just bring to, just a gold coin donation <laughs> in, in the, into the Merco. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I know you're a busy man. You've got heaps of marketing and organisation to do, and keeping the whole bites thing together. So yeah, just chugging along nicely. Appreciate your time. Thanks very much, Mr. Cameron. Thanks again for listening. Uh, Next podcast, um, we will be speaking about gender inequality and feminism with uh, Georgia Schmidt. So again, stay tuned and thanks for having me on board.